Welcome to Constitution Corner. I'm your host, Robert Owens. Follow me on Twitter at Robert Owens JD. And if you appreciate this content, please like and subscribe below as this simple action advances the message of liberty. For several years, I practiced law. I was counseled many people who had been indicted by a grand jury and subsequently were tried before a jury, a jury tasked with deciding the guilt or innocence of my client. And as any litigator will tell you, going to court is at best a roll of the dice. Now, there's nowhere to tell, despite the proliferation of professional jury con consultants, to predict what a jury will do in any given case. Now, I've personally sat there with my client, convincing him that his innocence was as obvious as anybody who could have heard the evidence, only to have a jury file back into the courtroom and pronounce a guilty verdict. Likewise, I've been certain that my client would be escorted out of the courtroom in cuffs only to hear not guilty pronounced by the jury foreman. In order for Alvin Bragg to get a conviction against Donald Trump, he will need a unanimous jury to convict. If even one juror holds out, no conviction. Does that one juror even need to have a good reason for holding out for a not guilty verdict? Nope. The why? Because of a doctrine called jury nullification. Jury nullification is the act of a jury finding a person not guilty of charges brought by the government, regardless of the perception of overwhelming evidence. Jury nullification has proven a boon to the falsely accused and a barricade against partisan prosecution. A jury's right to apply the law and not just weigh the facts is well settled in the history of American jurisprudence and has a very distinguished roster of advocates. But before one is able to fully understand why jury nullification is a good idea, one must understand the importance of a trial by jury. Our founding fathers universally considered it to be a powerful weapon in the war against tyranny. In 1789, Thomas Jefferson noted, I consider trial by jury as the only anchor ever yet imagined by man by which a government can be held to the principles of its constitution. The potential for jury nullification is an essential check against tyranny. Thus, most of the leading lights of the founding generation considered jury nullification a central plank in the platform of self-government. In the Federalist Papers, Alexander Hamilton wrote that trial by jury was the very palladium of free government and a valuable check upon corruption. In a 1794 case, Hamilton's fellow Federalist author and Supreme Court Chief Justice John Jay informed a jury that it may not be amiss here, gentlemen, to remind you of the good old rule that on questions of fact, it is the province of the jury. On questions of law, it is the province of the court to decide. But it must be observed that by the same law which recognizes this reasonable distribution of jurisdiction, you have nevertheless a right to take upon yourselves to judge of both and to determine the law as well as the fact and controversy. Given the strength of these opinions, the founders were adamant that one of the many rights needed to avoid tyranny is the right to a trial by jury. As for the concept, the juries have not only the power, but the obligation to nullify unjust rulings of a judge. One of the 
early republic's most renowned lawyers, John Adams wrote, it is not only the juror's right, but his duty to find the verdict according to his own best understanding, judgment, and conscience, though in direct opposition to the direction of the court. Hamilton was a practicing attorney at one point and had personal experience with the exercise of unlawful power by judges. In 1804, he argued that juries had a right and an obligation to acquit a defendant if exercising their judgment with discretion and honesty, they have a clear conviction that the charge of the court is wrong. As lawyers trained in the 18th century, both Hamilton and Adams would have learned much of their craft from the commentaries on the laws of England, written and compiled between 1765 and 1769 by Sir William Blackstone. On the proper role of juries as a check on government abuse, Blackstone declared, every new tribunal erected for the decision of facts without the intervention of a jury is a step towards establishing aristocracy, the most oppressive of absolute governments. In the 1850s, juries in Pennsylvania and other Northern states refused to convict Quakers accused of aiding runaway slaves in direct defiance, nullification, of the Fugitive Slave Act. So we can see that the idea that juries may act contrary to the will of a judge has a long and distinguished pedigree in American law. Jury nullification is an act of resistance to government oppression that our founders believed to be a fundamental in a republic established upon the principle of equality under the rule of law rather than upon the arbitrary administration of justice as defined by men. The Constitution guarantees the right to trial by jury, placing upon the government the burden of proving to a jury the legality and morality of charges against individuals, even if the government seeks to deprive the accused of his life, liberty, or property. As indicated by the statements provided, our founding fathers zealously defended this right and recognized that an informed and empowered jury could effectively protect a wrongly accused defendant from potentially harmful effects of autocratic judges and overzealous prosecutors. In defense of the unalienable rights possessed by all men, indeed, as the last line of defense of those rights, jurors can and should reject the government tyranny by refusing to convict those people subjected to prosecution for violating unjust laws or who have broken no law at all. A hearing on motions made by both sides in this case against Donald Trump is scheduled for December 4. Should the case continue to trial, experts estimate that it would begin sometime in the spring of 2024. Don't just know your constitution, live it.